The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, guys? Here we are, week number four, already on tap for the NFL. This episode comes out on Thursday, so tonight... The Lions and the Packers kick off the fourth week of the NFL season, so we're already a quarter of the way done, or at least this is the beginning of the end of the first quarter uh, of the season. And, you know, we bitch and we moan about the offseason's too long, it takes too long to get here, and then once the season gets started, boy, it is just rapid fire until it's gone. So, uh, yeah, but uh, we got lots to talk about. On this one, got a few news and notes to get the show started. We got our pick six, and of course, the all-out blitz. This is the week four preview episode of the fourth phase. So let's get to it. Welcome to the fourth phase. Presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now, your host, Larry D. Last week of the, well, uh, I I guess you can put it this way. Last week of the season, there's going to be a few others, obviously. But uh, last week, before the bye week start, next week, uh, in week five, when, uh, you know, I guess the, I'm not sure how Yahoo's going to do it as far as the uh, points uh, are concerned are they going to cut off the because I think we have four teams on the bye which means we'll have two fewer games so we'll have 14 instead of 16 I believe uh, for week number five so I don't know if they're taking the top points off or the bottom points off I would hope they take the bottom ones so the lowest you can put on a game is three um, or at least that's how I used to do it but we'll see how Yahoo uh, does it and since we're talking about it let's go ahead and talk about our uh our standings here in our uh in the Bearstock underground pick them uh a game uh fields of dreams still leading the pack uh although i believe his uh his or her lead has uh dwindled only five points uh 298 points throughout the first three weeks a 33 and 15 uh win loss record uh jojo in second place i believe still uh, in second place, but only five points behind Fields of Dreams uh, with 293. Uh, Afalava in third at 279 with a 30 and 18 record. Agent Orange jerseys, very funny, 269 points at 31 and 17. Uh, Tanyaka, Tanyoka, Tanyaka. If you're listening to this, you got to tell me how to pronounce that or tell me if I'm getting it right. 267 points. At 31 and 17, S. Van Horn also 270, 267, but only 29 and 19. That's why Tanyoka is ahead of you. Vlad's picks 266 points, so only one point uh, behind uh, sixth place at 30 and 18. McCubin, my man, 263 points at 29 and 19. C. A. Zoid at 256, 31 and 17. And in 10th place, Azuma's Revenge, 255 points 
at 27 and 21. I am just outside the money in 11th place, still hanging on to 11th place at 252 for 27 and 21 is my record currently. And um, that wouldn't be a big problem if it wasn't for the games that I lost this week. The Jacksonville was a 14 point. Baltimore was 13 points. The Cowboys were 16 points. Those games were murder as far as being able to, uh, you know, I mean, I win, win 11 and five, but the games I lost really cost me, man. They really cost me. The only thing that gives me any comfort is that those are the games that most of you guys got wrong as well. So it's like I wasn't alone. I think the Cowboys were a unanimous choice. We all got that one wrong. And as a matter of fact, I think most of us went all in on the Cowboys, 15, 16 points, uh, and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, Fields of Dreams, let's see. You had one, uh, 110 uh, week one, only 85 week three. That's why. Uh, you probably took a, a beating like I did. I went 11-5, and five and I only scored 89 points uh, on Sunday. Alpha Lava, who's in third place, was our top point scorer at 102 uh, this past week in week three. And uh, JoJo at 112, top point scorer of the season thus far, uh, scored 112 the week in week number two. So it's like that's where that's what was really kind of killer was that, uh, you know, it was like I, I did a great job. 11 and 5, you know, that's the best record I've had. I went 7 and 9, 9 and 7, and now 11 and 5 and the 89 points wasn't really uh wasn't that great a point total for me for winning 11 football games because the ones that I lost really hurt me bad. So, yeah, we'll uh we'll see how that one comes and like I said, JoJo's only 5 points behind uh cuz they scored 97 points. So they made up a lot of ground uh on uh Fields of Dreams. Uh, to to only be five points behind going into week number four. So, yeah, picks get more uh, interesting, and I think next week things get really interesting when we have our bye weeks and we get to see how Yahoo handles the fewer games. Do we knock out the lower points or do, do we knock out the bigger ones? Is it going to be one through 14 or three through 16? We'll have to uh, to wait till next week to find out uh, about that. So, um but nonetheless, uh, you know, let's go ahead and, and get things uh, started uh, with this week's uh, news and notes. Starting off with a little injury news uh, for the L.A. Rams. The Rams optimistic that Cooper Cup will be ready to play week number five once his four-game IR stint, uh, once he's eligible to come back from uh, injured reserve says that he is uh, ramping up the uh, workload uh, in practice to, uh, to get himself ready uh, to, uh, to come back uh, on time. And uh, not that the Rams have been missing him too much. I mean, obviously you miss uh, a, a, you know, a Tier 1 uh, receiver like Cooper Cup, also you know, Matt Stafford's uh, favorite target. But you know, the passing game hasn't been the problem uh, for, the, uh, for the Rams. Um, I th- I'm really not sure what the problem is, but I mean, it's just actually it's it's been turnovers. I don't know how much Cooper Cup can help with that, but uh, nonetheless, uh, he will be ready to go once his uh, IR stint is uh, over, or at least that is what fingers crossed the uh, LA Rams are are hoping for. Uh, on the other side of the country, the New York Jets, uh, the defense apparently unhappy 
with head coach Robert Sala because of his uh, constant defense of uh, of Zach Wilson. Like basically, he's been become somewhat of a Zach Wilson apologist, and um, I don't know if he's just basically trying to put lipstick on a pig or if, if uh, Zach Wilson has got a fragile ego or a fragile mind or whatever the situation. Uh, maybe, but nonetheless, it's pissing off his all-star defense that, uh, you know, I, I don't think that Salah's gone so far as to blame the defense for anything because they've actually been pretty awesome, you know, with the three turnover. I think it was more like four or five against the uh, the Bills week one. Uh, they, they, you know, I don't know. I mean, they faced the Cowboys and gave up uh, a good chunk of points uh, against them. Uh, I mean, they showed up really well against the Patriots. It was a 15-10 to 10, uh, final score uh, in that one. And, uh, you know, but again, they hold their opponent to 15, but still it was too much because for the second week in a row, all the Jets could muster on offense was 10 points. So, yeah, got a lot of work to do. And uh, they did sign Trevor Simeon uh, to, I don't know if he was the practice squad or if they signed him to the roster today, but he came in for a tryout. They signed uh, Trevor Simeon, so he's with the Jets now. Uh, Maybe they were just looking for an upgraded backup because I think Tim Boyle was the first guy off the bench if Zach Wilson uh, went down. But, um, you know, for a team that held so much promise for it to all go wrong on the fourth play of the season with Rodgers blowing out the Achilles and uh, it just seems like the poor Jets are just, just doomed you know, they are a cursed franchise, or, or so uh, a Jets fan would probably think uh, after all that promise and Super Bowl hopes and it all went down the tubes not even two minutes into the ball game uh, on week one. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Josh Dobbs, the starting quarterback for the uh, the scrappy Arizona Cardinals, uh, posted on social media uh, this week. He was at the pro shop. Uh, I believe at the Cardinal Stadium, and uh, wanted to buy, a, I think, a jersey for for someone in his family. And you're you're able to like customize the jersey, like they'll print it up for you, uh, kind of thing. And um, it shows him going through the process. Okay, I want a home jersey. Uh, I want a player, you know, from the roster. I want it in a large. And then it's like, pick your player. His name wasn't on the list. He wears number eight. For the Cardinals and the jersey numbers went in, in went in numerical order. It went from seven to thirteen, so he's not even on the list. And I realized that he was just added to the team, like right at the end of the preseason. But uh, that was about a month ago now. So, you know, put the guy's poor name in the database, Arizona. What the hell? Uh, I'm sure the Cardinals went out of their way to uh, accommodate Josh and uh, apologize to him and get him that jersey. Uh, for him, but uh, yeah, he tried to buy one at the pro shop, couldn't get one with his own name on it. So how about that? Um, and then finally, in our uh, brief news and notes period, apparently I was among 24.3 million people watching the Bears and the Chiefs uh, on Sunday. Uh, I'm sure that we have a lot of uh, uneducated Swifties to thank for that enormous number uh, in viewership. Um, I mean, it was basically a national TV game, uh, Fox's Game of the Week, which meant about 80 to 90% of the country. Uh, What was the other game? I think it was um, like the Seahawks and the Panthers were the other Fox game at at 3 o'clock 
uh, and I'm sure that that was in Carolina and Seattle, and the Bears and the Chiefs were everywhere else. So, um, you know, it certainly had the larger platform, and thanks to the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing, uh, 24.3 million people uh, tuned in uh, to the game on Sunday. So, yeah, the Bears got to be embarrassed in front of a 24 million people uh, on Sunday. So that's fun. Uh, Travis Kelsey has seen an explosion in popularity uh, over the uh, last few days. He added, I think it said, 380,000 Instagram followers. His jersey number sales have gone up by 400%. Uh, The New Heights podcast that he does with his brother Jason Kelsey, the center for the Eagles, uh, is now number one on iTunes. (laughs) And... um, there was something else that I'm I'm forgetting, but just you know, all of a sudden, all the Swifties are all over uh, Jason Kelsey. They've got a new wave of fans, and they probably know nothing about football, but because Taylor Swift likes them, they like them too. So, yeah, hopefully you enjoy that. Oh yeah, when I, I actually watched the beginning of their podcast this afternoon, and um, they said that they. They've reached a million subscribers on their YouTube channel for the New Heights podcast. Now, I don't know how many subscribers it took to push them over the top for one million, but I don't think it's a coincidence that it happened this particular week. So there you have it, folks. That is our little bit of uh, news and notes. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, get this thing going with uh, the week four pick six. For the fourth phase. Sorry if that comes in a little strong. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm multitasking here. You know, pushing buttons and working the mixer and all that kind of stuff. So this is the pick six for week number four of the fourth phase, and uh, we start off in Green Bay, where the Lions are. Uh, Headed to Lambeau to take on the Packers. Uh, their first appearance there since eliminating the Packers from playoff contention uh, in Week 18 uh, last year. Aaron Rodgers' last game in a Packer uh, uniform. Both teams 2-1. Uh, and one. Of course, the Lions beat the Chiefs Week 1. Lost to the Seahawks in overtime at home Week 2 and rebounding on Sunday. Against the Atlanta Falcons, the Packers, on the other hand, gave my Bears a drubbing week one. Uh, fell apart in the, the second half, or more like the fourth quarter, uh, against the uh, Falcons last week to, to lose on the road to, uh, to Atlanta. Then came home on Sunday for their home debut and were in a 17 to nothing hole into the, going into the fourth quarter when all of a sudden... Uh, you know, the Derek, the Derek Carr less Saints basically just folded uh, in the fourth quarter, allowing the Packers to score 18 unanswered. And they, they had a chance to win it at the end, but missed a 46-yard field goal um, in the final moments to, uh, to lose uh, that one to uh, Green Bay. So uh, both are on a win-loss-win kind of trajectory uh, so far. Uh, the Lions have won the last three football games, um, looking to make it number four, which meant they've uh, 
they swept Green Bay last last year. That's what that means. And, um, you know, that checks out because they actually beat the Packers like 15 to 6 or something like that in uh, in Detroit uh, early the, in the first matchup. And then obviously they beat them in Lambeau to uh, send them packing. And uh, it was it and, and it was a, a big tip of the hat to um, well to the team to the players and of course to uh, Dan Campbell because before the Lions even took the field they themselves had been eliminated from playoff contention because the Seahawks won their game against the Rams uh, in Week 18 so these guys had literally nothing to play for but uh, you know they found something to play for a pride and B, keeping Green Bay out of the playoffs. And uh, they succeeded in getting both uh, in that one. So it's, uh, it's uh, you know, going to be interesting to see how this one uh, shakes out. Um, both teams missing some important uh, people. Um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is on injured reserve with the pectoral uh, injury. I heard that he had surgery. I don't know if that means he's done for the year. Or if you know, is he going to be gone for a while? I don't know how extensive the surgery was, but uh, surgery generally, especially if it's a pectoral injury, generally means you're done for the season, which would be a shame uh, for the Lions because that was something that they really wanted to focus on uh, in the off season was improving that secondary uh, of theirs. And C.J. Gardner Johnson was a big part of that, and uh, unfortunately, you know, I believe he is gone for the year. Uh, but right now, there's just listed on uh, injured reserve. Uh, the Packers, on the other hand, it's a kind of a who's who uh, over there. We have uh, we already know Bakhtiari and and uh, Elton uh, Jenkins. Um, basically, that's that's the left side of their offensive line. Both are out, uh, so they'll be playing backups uh, there. But I guess they did fine without them against the Saints uh, on Sunday. Uh, Jair Alexander is uh, questionable. Uh, right now, Devondre Campbell, one of their their star uh, inside linebackers, already listed as out uh, as well. So, I mean, it's a banged-up uh, Packers squad. I think they are getting Aaron Jones back this week, so that will be a huge boost uh, to the running game uh, for them. But, uh, you know, it's uh, – I mean, it's – and it's not like Jordan Love's been killing them. He's uh, been relatively mistake-free, just has the one interception in the three games – but seven touchdowns, uh, three against the Bears, three against the Falcons, uh, but only one against the uh, the Saints this past Sunday. But it was enough to help them uh, get the victory. And uh, you know the 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 defense for the Lions, I think, is going to be the unit that you want to keep an eye on uh, this week because that was the question going into the game against Atlanta: Are, are is are, is this going to be the unit? Uh, the unit that we see on a regular basis this year, is it going to be the one that held Mahomes and the world champs to only 20 points uh, in the uh, in the week one matchup? Or is it going to more resemble more the 2022 defense that you saw against Seattle, giving up a boatload of yards and 37 points and a losing effort despite your offense scoring 31 points? You know, it's like, are we going to be able to to count on the defense or is the offense going to be its own defense by outscoring the opponent every single week? Is that what's going to be like whatever our opponent scores, we have to score more because our defense can't stop them. And they answered that resoundingly or so one would think by shutting down the Falcons, only allowing six points, less than 200 yards of total offense. 
uh, and so on, completely shutting down B. John, Ro- B. John Robinson, who uh, looked really good against the Packers the week before and uh, in week one against the uh, Panthers uh, as well. So it's it's going to come down to, you know, can the Lions be consistent? Because the first three games, the answer would you'd lean more toward no. Uh, even though you've seen more of the better defense than the other, but it's gone from good to bad to good. So will they be able to add another good performance to it, or will they, you know, be bad again in Jordan Love and, and the uh, the Packers uh, do a lot better than the only 18 points they were, mu- they were able to muster against the Saints uh, on Sunday? You know, how much of an effect will uh, Aaron Jones have um, you know, how will he be on a pitch count? Because it's a hamstring. It's one of those soft tissue injuries you want to be careful with. So, I mean, he hasn't played since the Bear game. So he's missed the last two weeks, and it's kind of, uh, you know, and it's a quick turnaround as far as, you know, not having those extra few days to get ready for a Sunday game. You know, they're uh, stepping right up to the plate on Thursday night. So we'll uh, we'll get those an- those questions answered tomorrow night when uh, the Lions head over to Green Bay to take on the Packers to see if they can make it four in a row uh, in the rivalry uh, over uh, Green Bay, which is a hell of a lot more than I can say for the Bears when it comes to Green Bay. So anyway, I'm taking the Lions in this one, see if they can uh, make me look like a make me look like a smart guy. As, uh, I picked them to beat the Falcons last week, so. Let's see if we can make it uh, two in a row uh, for the Lions in uh, getting that pick right. Miami and Buffalo, quite possibly the game of the week uh, between these two teams. The Dolphins 3-0 and coming off of a 70-point offensive explosion. And it was all offense. It's not like they had, you know, some pick sixes and a scoop and score fumble and a couple of punt returns or Anything like that, it was five touchdown passes and five rushing TDs to put up a 70-burger on the Broncos uh, on Sunday uh, and only allowing 20 points uh, in return uh, as well. So, I mean, they, uh, they definitely look like they are in an otherworldly trajectory uh, right now. But they are playing the Bills, and they are playing in Buffalo. If this thing was in Miami, I'm, I'm all about the Dolphins winning this thing right now um, I'm leaning more towards the bills not just because it's in Buffalo but for the last two weeks the bills have completely shut down their opponents now the Raiders are not exactly the world's best bet but they have Devontae Adams they have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo Josh Jacobs you know they've got some weapons uh, in their offense were held to 10 points uh, against the bills Last Sunday, the Bills go on the road to face the Commanders coming off a 35-point performance against the Broncos, which, you know, after watching the Broncos give up 70, 35 doesn't sound all that impressive uh, all of a sudden. But nonetheless, in their own hometown, the Bills come in and shut them out until literally the last minute uh, of the game and win 37-3 to uh, in that one. You know, it's it's just going to be a matter of if the Dolphins can, uh, if the if the Bills' defense can overcome uh, everything that is the Miami Dolphins and their offense. And the real bitch of it all is the Dolphins did all of that without Jalen Waddle last Sunday. 
You know, it it was Raheem Mostert, it was Tyreek Hill, it was the uh, HN, I think is his name, because he came out and basically was correcting everyone how to pronounce his name uh, today. It's it's HN, it's A C H A N E, but I guess I guess it's not A Chain, it's HN. That's how he wants it uh, pronounced. So he had a couple of touchdowns uh, in there uh, as well. So I mean, it was uh, quite the afternoon. Uh, for the uh, for the Dolphins and Tua has been lights out. So apparently, the key to success for the Dolphins is just keeping Tua upright because they struggled last year when he was in and out of the lineup with concussion issues and uh, and all the rest of it. So if they can keep Tua clean uh, on Sunday, they have an excellent shot at uh, getting over uh, on the Bills. And um, you know, like I said, this one is in. Buffalo, so weather really won't be a factor, or at least not that I can, not that I would think. And it's, uh, yeah, it's right saying it's supposed to be 62 uh, in Buffalo on uh, Sunday, which is absolutely perfect weather, especially for the first day of uh, October, which is what it's going to be uh, on Sunday. We finally enter that uh, 10th month of the year uh, there. And, you know, the, the picks... Uh, are are looking kind of 50-50 right now like like I said I'm I'm leaning towards Buffalo because it's in Buffalo and because of the way that their defense has played the last 2 weeks I mean guys if you even think about it they only allowed 16 points against the Jets in week 1 that last touchdown was a punt return that's not on the defense so you know the defense uh has allowed you know essentially has allowed 16 10 and three in their three football games uh, so far uh, this season. And I know that I'm asking a lot of that defense to try to slow down uh, an offense that uh, cranked out, um, cranked out 726 total off total yards of offense uh, this past Sunday uh, against the Broncos. But uh, you know, the the Dolphins struggle uh, in Buffalo and um but i'll tell you this i'm i'm not i think i have like two points on uh on this for the uh for the pickem game as far as uh you know thinking that the you know picking the bills uh leaning more towards that way like obviously i won't be surprised at all in fact i could be labeled a fool for picking buffalo over miami but frankly even if i was to choose miami this was going to be like a one or a two point game and as I'm looking at my picks now, yeah, I pick Buffalo as a one point. So basically, I'm I'm saying I'm 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 almost certain I'm going to get this one wrong. So if I do, it won't hurt me uh, that much. And um, actually, that reminds me, this kind of goes in line with uh, what I wanted to talk about as far as the um, the games that I'm going to pick for the pick six from now on are going to be my one through six games. Or at least this is the experiment I'm going to try now. Because, you know, Green Bay and Detroit, uh, Miami at Buffalo, we are going to talk about the Bears and the Broncos. God only knows why. But Baltimore and Cleveland, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Washington at Philly, those are the pick six games. And those are the one through six games. So it's like these are the ones that... I'm 
you know, that I think are, are, are worth talking about because they're the ones that I'm basically having the most turmoil as far as making the picks. When you put 12 or 13 or even 8, 9, or 10 points on somebody, you're fairly confident you're going to get that pick right. But when it's the, the one through six games and the six-point game is the Washington and Philly, I have more, you know, I'm fairly confident that Philly's going to win that game. But Washington was the one that beat Philly in Philly to knock them from the ranks of the unbeaten last year. So that's why it kind of falls into that lower category as far as being a number six game. So um, what was the first game? Detroit and, and Green Bay, I put five uh, on Detroit. So that's how they made the cut uh, into the pick six. So Buffalo and, 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 and Miami, that's a one-point game for me. Right now I'm leaning more towards Buffalo because of the way their defense has been playing because they've kind of always had Miami's number in Buffalo, and I know that's been mostly in like later in the year and, and cold-weather uh, football games, but uh, they don't have that heat and humidity advantage uh, up in Buffalo talking about the Dolphins. So we'll, uh, we'll see if that plays into it, uh, you know, obviously, if, you know, and if the, the Bills' defense plays well it won't really you know, be much of a factor because uh, they won't be on the field chasing after these guys uh, as much as the Broncos had to uh, on Sunday. So I'm taking the bills. God help me. Speaking of God help me, the Broncos come into Chicago to take on my beloved Chicago Bears. Both teams 0-3. Both teams got hammered on Sunday by their respective opponents. Uh, the obviously the Broncos lost seventy to twenty to the Dolphins on the road in Miami, and the Bears lost forty-one to ten to the defending world champion Kansas City Chiefs, who had been struggling to score points in the first two games uh, of the season. Both teams had given up thirty-plus points at the midway mark, and good old Andy Reid took pity on us after. Mahomes and company came out on the first drive of the second quarter, excuse me, the second half, to score another touchdown to make it 41 to nothing. After that, we saw Mahomes on the sidelines with an earpiece holding a clipboard for the rest of the ballgame, uh, looking back and forth, and Kelsey with pointing and waving at Taylor Swift in the Kelsey suite at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, meanwhile, the Bears were being savagely beaten within an inch of their life. Uh, by the Kansas City, or by the Chiefs, yeah. Uh, as you guys will hear tomorrow on the Bears-Broncos uh, preview episode, Lori Lattimore-Volkman, my good friend from the Mile High uh, Report, had to endure uh, that game as a lifelong Broncos fan. And, uh, you know, you'll hear what that game did to her and how she managed to get through it. And basically the Broncos are feeling like they are just as big a mess as the Chicago Bears, but the the slap in the face for us Bear fans is that we're at home facing a team that just gave up 70 points, and we are looked upon as an organization in such shambles that we are the underdog still to a team that just gave up 70 to the Dolphins uh, on Sunday. And they're coming in on the road. We are home underdogs against a team that scored that allowed 70 points on Sunday. That is how bad the state of affairs is for the Chicago Bears right now, is that even Vegas is like, yeah, 
I know that the Broncos gave up 70 and that, you know, if the Dolphins wanted to, they probably could have scored 100 uh, in that ball game. And uh, I know that they're on the road and they've just been a hot dumpster fire of an organization uh, so far, but they're going to Chicago and playing the Bears who uh, (laughs) I saw a video online. Um, somebody posted a video of, it was a skit, and the guy said that the Bears were going to be regulated to the, uh, or deregulated or whatever, to the, like they do in soccer, where the last, the, the, the team that finishes in last place in the league gets bumped down to a lower league, that the Bears are going to be the team that gets booted down to the XFL, and one of the better teams from the XFL would be moving into the Bears' place uh, in the NFL. And, uh you know, if that were a thing, I would be terrified that I'd have to root for the Bears in the XFL because that's the kind of state that the the team is in uh, right now. And and the thing that's so frustrating for Bears fans is that is never mind all of the stuff about you know the, the hype and the excitement or anything. It's just down to the nuts and bolts of it. It's the the thing that I can't that none of us can quite wrap our heads around is that on paper. This roster, talent-wise, is so much better than the one that we had last year. And yet the effort and the way that the team is playing, last year's team was better than, or at least was playing better than this one is. So how do you explain that? And 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 unfortunately, it does come down to coaching. It's the only thing that makes sense. How do you get more talented and yet play worse? It's got to be coaching especially since we've improved on all three levels of the defensive side of the football. You know, we're not, we don't have, we're not world beaters or anything like that by any stretch of the imagination, but we've upgraded everywhere at every level, adding Tyreek Stevenson to the secondary. You've got Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, uh, in the linebacking core, Demarcus Walker, Yannick Ngakwe, Andrew Billings, uh, on the defensive line to go along with Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens that we took, uh, in the draft uh, as well, we've we've upgraded our depth. We've added new starters, and yet the defense still can't stop anybody on third down. We are a swinging gate uh, in the running game. That comes down to coaching. It absolutely has to come down to coaching. When we were this tough, you know, scrappy, you know, inferior, talented team last year, we gave everybody the fight of their life, and then later on in the fourth quarter, reality would set in. Oh, talent would take over and, and, you know, the better team would, would win as it normally should. We're not even seeing this team really compete right now. We're just not seeing it. And that's why it makes all the sense in the world that even though we're playing a football team that gave up 70 points on defense, not, like I said, there were no special teams, no defensive touchdowns or anything like that. It was all touchdowns for the Dolphins scoring on offense five passing touchdowns five five rushing TDs and yet that team is the favorite coming into Chicago on the road that's how bad it is in Chicago right now and yet because the Broncos have been a hot mess in their other games that's why this one is like my is my two-point game uh this week but sadly I still have to go against the Bears and take the Broncos because 
Russell Wilson and the offense have looked a lot better. It's just that the calling card for this team last year was its defense, where that's what made it hurt so bad that Russell Wilson was falling flat on his face in his first year uh, with the Broncos last year was because his defense was playing at a championship level last year. And those guys were were basically stopping everyone, but our, their offense couldn't muster anything. Therefore, they lost, I think they were, what, 5-12 and 12 last year? And uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, we're lucky to even be that good with the way that the offense uh, played. I mean, they beat the 49ers last year in on Sunday Night Football, like week three of last season. They beat them like 11-8. to 11 to 11 to 8 11 to 9 something crazy like that or maybe even 11 to 10 but they could they only mustered 11 points and thanks to their defense it was enough to win but it was like there was some crazy stat i read like 3 quarters into the season that if the if the broncos even averaged 19 points a game on offense they would be like 9 and 2 or something crazy like that so like that's how good the defense has been they don't even need 20 points from the offense for them to win a game. And yet week after week, uh, you know, eventually the, the unit would just get worn down because the offense kept giving the ball back and there's only so, so long that you can hold them off before the dam finally breaks. And this year, for one reason or another, the dam is busted and everything's flowing through, which is what would give some Bear fans optimism for this game that maybe – against the defense that just allowed 70 points, we might be able to get an offensive rhythm going. We might be able to get a drive put together uh, and all that kind of stuff. But the problem is, after you put that drive together, you got to play defense, and we are terrible on defense. And Russell Wilson, with the tools that he has on his team, with Sean Payton calling the plays and what have you, are better equipped to score points than we are to stop them. So that's why right here, right now, I would have to go with the Broncos to win this one. It's a two-point game for me, but uh, the Bears are... I'm treating every Bear game from now on as I as I do with the Bears-Packers games. I'm basically going to keep picking... I'm going to pick against the Bears until the Bears finally prove me wrong. And I know I picked them to um I picked them to beat the Bucks. I picked them to beat the Packers earlier. That was just my, you know, rose-colored glasses, whatever you want to call it. You know, my hope, my optimism, my belief that we had a good football team in 2023 was going to be a year to remember. Oh, it's shaping up to be a year to remember, all right, but not uh, one that we're going to want to remember for very long. It's one that's going to go down in infamy uh, rather than uh, one that would go down for the, you know, one that you want to talk about fondly for the rest of your life. It's definitely not. So much as I hate to do it, got to take the Broncos uh, to to come out on top this week uh, against my beloved Chicago Bears. Second half of our pick six, we got the Ravens and the Browns, an AFC North matchup. Two teams with uh, two and one records. Uh, the Browns' defense has just been lights out. You know, I mean, even in the game that they lost to Pittsburgh, you you blame that on the offense. 
because the offense gave up two touchdowns, a uh, pick six and a fumble recovery. Uh, T.J. Watt is scooping score on a strip sack. So, you know, there's 14 points of the 26 that the uh, Steelers were able to muster in that Monday night game week two. There's your margin of victory right there. Even without Nick Chubb or without or with Nick Chubb going down early in that game, I think he went out in the second quarter uh, against the Steelers. They were still able to score 22 points, but when your offense is also uh, giving away the points uh, as well, you know, there's only so much the defense can do. So technically, they only gave up like 12 points to the Steelers. Uh, one big touchdown uh, play, and then I'd, I don't know how you factor in the other five points there or how that goes. Maybe they missed the extra point or they went for two or something like that. I, I don't know, but they gave up 12 points. The defense did to go along with the three they gave up to Cincy week one and then just just smashed the Titans this past Sunday, 27-3. to three. You know, after after the yards were deducted for the sacks that they got on Tannehill, 94 yards of total offense for the Titans uh, on Sunday. Lean over to the Ravens, uh, who are actually undefeated, beat, beat Houston week one, beat the Bengals uh, week two. But it's just something's not right with this offense. I think they're kind of struggling to pick up Todd Munkin's uh, offensive system that he brought from the University of Georgia. Um, you know, they managed to score 25 against Houston. They managed to score 27 uh, against Cincinnati uh, last week. But they could only muster 19 uh, against the Colts on on Sunday. And, and even in those winning efforts, that it just hasn't really been what they've wanted to see uh, from this offense. Lamar Jackson, very inconsistent, especially in the passing game uh, and everything. And I just think the Browns are playing too well right now. You know, I just, the defense is just, but it has to be perfect. I don't want, you know, not so much perfect, but, you know, the one thing that really helped them last week against the Titans was that there were no turnovers uh, for the Browns uh, on Sunday. They didn't give up two defensive touchdowns uh, in that ball game. They were able to, you know, hang on to the football, dominate time of possession. The defense went out there, smashed the Titans into the ground, got them the ball back. If that's a formula they can stick to where the, you know, the defense or the offense isn't hurting the defense or wasting the uh, effort, this could be a good thing. Uh, and the Browns might really have something. You know, Jim Schwartz, for all that I think about him uh, during his time as head coach of the Detroit Lions, he was my least favorite person on planet Earth. That's no joke. I hated that guy when he was head coach of the Lions. And not because the Lions beat us, but because he was the biggest dickhead in the world when he was their head coach. It's just something about that guy. But he is a brilliant defensive coordinator. He's done really well just about everywhere he's been, and he's really got this uh, this Browns defense firing uh, on all cylinders. Miles Garrett is just, you know, he's a beast, worthy of the number one pick that they used to draft him back in uh, 2017. And, um, you know, Denzel Ward is out there uh, as well. This is a defense that is humming uh, right now. They're really playing some outstanding football. And for a team like the Ravens that is struggling the way that they are on the offensive side, or at least struggling with consistency, at least, because they've had their moments and it was enough to get them wins against the Texans and the 
Bengals, but last week, even against a team like the Colts, that's playing with their backup quarterback and and when Gardner Minshew uh, last week could not put it together, uh, you know, and uh, could not get it done uh, against this. You know, even took it to overtime, still couldn't get it done, end up losing that uh, that football game. But I put four points on the Browns. I'm taking Cleveland uh, this week, so it's a little bit higher in the pick six. Uh, panel, but um, you know because the, the Ravens are the Ravens, and John Harbaugh is a great head coach, and you know they just have a funny way of kind of figuring it out and and coming through. This is also an AFC North matchup. These guys like to beat up on each other uh, and everything, so it's it's uh, it's going to be a, a a tough, hard fought game. But I like the Browns to uh, come out come out ahead uh, on this one and and get over. On the Ravens. Game number five, another divisional matchup, this time in the NFC South. Another pair of two and one teams in the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This one at the Superdome in New Orleans. Both of these teams, you know, the, the Viking or excuse me, the Buccaneers beating the Vikings and the Bears in the first couple of weeks and then just getting Brought back down to reality last week against the Eagles on uh, on Monday Night Football, losing twenty five to uh, eleven on that one, and that touchdown came late in the ball game when it was basically already decided. Uh, the the uh, Saints, on the other hand, beating Tennessee week one, it was more of a defensive struggle, winning sixteen to fifteen. Played Monday Night last week against the Panthers. On the road, were able to hang on for a twenty to seventeen win, and then without Derek Carr, or after actually, I should say after Derek Carr went down uh, with the uh, the shoulder injury, I think thankfully it's only like an AC sprain. Uh, looks like he will be out this weekend against the uh, Buccaneers, but uh, you know it's like they seem to be cruising while while Carr was in there. 17 to nothing lead that they took all the way into the fourth quarter. But uh, in the end, uh, Jameis Winston couldn't get the offense uh, couldn't get the offense going or couldn't help them generate any points there in the uh, in the second half and the, uh, the Packers came back to uh, win that one 18 to 17. So both of these teams coming off losses with after a, a surprising 2 and0 start uh, for both of them and it's it's just a matter of of who's going to rebound uh, from the loss. You know, will Tampa Bay take control of this opportunity with Derek Carr out? Uh, Jameis Winston, their former number one uh, draft pick, um, you know, will most likely be the starter in this game uh, on Sunday. It's at the Superdome, so you can never rule the Saints out when they're at home. And honestly, I like this. I still like the Saints. Uh, in this one, it's my three-point game uh, for the week, so not high confidence in in uh, in the Saints winning this one. But for some reason, I'm I'm leaning more towards them. I am probably going to be wrong, and that's why I put you know the low point total uh, on it. But you know the Baker Mayfield and, and company, um, you know, 290 yards of offense so far compared to the Saints with like 342. The defense is allowed 380 yards um, on on defense uh, as well, especially after 
you know, the, the, the Eagles just ran all over them. And with, uh, is Alvin Kamara back for this game? Because he was suspended for, th- I believe he was suspended for three games. So maybe he's back uh, in time for this. That would be huge for the Saints if he was, if that was the case. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I don't know for, I don't know for sure. But, um, you know, but I mean, even Derek Carr's listed as questionable. So I guess maybe there's an outside chance that he can play uh, on Sunday. The, uh, the Buccaneers are banged up uh, up front with uh, Kalaja Kansi, Vita Vea uh, are both questionable for Sunday's uh, game. Uh, Devin White is questionable. Jamel Dean questionable as well. And something most of these guys have all missed time uh, already uh, in the season. So, you know, it, it's, it's going to come down to, you know, for this one, it's going to come down to who makes the fewest mistakes. Uh, in this game, so will uh, will Winston be able to uh, get over the fact that he loves to throw interceptions, and uh, you know help the uh, help his new home team uh, out uh, on this one, or will Baker Mayfield come into town and uh, steal one from the Saints in the uh, in the Superdome? You know, it's just overall, I like the the Saints and their weapons more so than I do the uh, uh, Buccaneers, you know, Chris Olave has just been a stud uh, since getting drafted uh, last year. They have like Taysom Hill. And, you know, like I said, if, especially if they have Alvin Kamara back uh, in the lineup this week uh, as well, that could be huge uh, for them to go along with Michael Thomas. Jimmy Graham uh, is kind of having this late career uh, resurgence now that he's back in his old stomping grounds. And, um, you know, and their defense is also fairly good. Uh, as well. So overall, I just, I like the Saints more than I like the Buccaneers, but not a lot more. That's why it's only a three point uh, game uh, for me. But I will take the Saints over the Bucks uh, in this one. And finally, in the pick six, Washington at Philadelphia, right? At Philadelphia? Yes, Washington at Philadelphia. This is my six point game. So this is the game I'm most confident in in our pick six, but because the commanders have a been playing well so far, aside from that performance on Sunday, but have been playing well so far and were the team last year that knocked off Philly from the, from the ranks of the undefeated in Philadelphia uh, last year. That's why the, the confidence level comes down uh, a little bit. The the Philly is borderline invincible uh, at this point. And, um, this division games, especially in the NFC East, they have a funny way of bringing you back down to earth from time to time. And I, 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 I honestly think if anybody's going to be able to do it, it would be the uh, commanders. I don't know. Just something about the, that, you know, Riverboat Ron being able to go out there and, and, and pull that off. You know, the team that you'd least likely, you know, think that would be least likely to do it usually be the one that pulls it off. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see. But, I mean, nothing on paper says that the Eagles are going to lose uh, this one. Hertz and, and company have been hitting on all cylinders uh, on offense. Now, granted, the thing, and this actually this is the thing that scares me about the Eagles a little bit, is that they have this affinity for getting off to fast starts and then kind of maybe cruising in the second half. 
to win games. They haven't had that one blowout performance just yet. I mean, they even got out they got out to a fast lead against New England, had to hold on for a five point win. They got off to a twenty seven to seven lead uh against the um uh Vikings week two in the Thursday night game, held on for a thirty four to twenty eight uh you know victory. We're up twenty five to three for the you know, like the majority of the second half and you know, Tampa Bay scores late, and um, you know, the, you know the, the the. I mean, I actually I give credit for that one because the uh, Eagles held on to the ball for the final nine minutes and twenty two seconds of the fourth quarter to seal uh, the win. I mean, it, it may have not have been too sexy on the scoreboard, but you know they haven't had that big blowout statement win, kind of like Week Two last year when they played the. Vikings and they won 34 to 7 as opposed to letting them come all the way back and coming up just short uh this past uh week 2. So you know and it's this 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 thing like maybe they might jump out to a 14 nothing lead but while they're sitting there kind of resting on their laurels the commanders come back and oh wait a minute now it's you know 20 to 14 what what what's going on now now they have to not that they can't pull it off not that they don't have the you know, the talent or anything like that to do it, just that they haven't put any, really put anybody away this season, you know, and I say that having said that they just held on to the ball for nine and a half minutes to end the ball game. But, you know, if, if they really wanted to put Tampa Bay away, they would have scored a touchdown. You know, I know that I don't think they were planning on hanging on to the ball for the entire nine and a half minutes. It just ended up working out that way. But, you know, maybe it's that the, I don't want to say they're lacking a killer instinct or anything like that, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to find something wrong with the Eagles, even though I'm, I got no no hate towards the Eagles uh, at all. As a matter of fact, everyone's kind of bitching about the the tush push, you know, quarterback sneak play that they like to run. You know, hey man, this is that's football, and and not so much the the tush push thing, but the fact that every once in a while somebody's going to be able to figure out a way to take advantage. Uh, you know, and, and, and do something that other people are having trouble with. I mean, think back to about, what, 15 or so years ago when uh, the Dolphins were running the um, the uh, the Wildcat. When they were running the Wildcat with Ronnie Brown and uh, whoever they had back there. Boy, my mind is just a mess today. But, you know, they basically took a high school offense and were running it, and, and no one could figure out how to stop it. And people were, were hating on the Dolphins because, like, why? what are you doing? Why are you running this silly offense when the well, the thing was just just figure out how to stop it? And when everyone was complaining in 2015 about Cam Newton and his little Superman touchdown celebration, it's like, well, if you don't want him to do it, keep him out of the end zone. It's just that simple. And, you know, the, the NFL takes a little time. They figure it out. They'll figure out how to stop it. Somebody will figure out how to stop this tush-push uh, thing. And, you know, then we'll move on to the next thing or somebody else will find the next innovation or the next niche that uh, gives their team an edge and people will bitch and moan about it until somebody figure out figures out how to stop it. Plain and simple. So that's why I, I don't have a problem with uh, the Eagles uh, running this play and, uh, you know, in their short yardage and goal line situations. A, because it works, and B, you know, just run it until somebody figures out how to stop it. That's all there is to it, you know. 
It's like even though I wasn't a big fan of the 2015 Panthers and and uh, and all that, they because they weren't confident. They were cocky. I don't like cocky. I like confident. I like swagger. I do not like cockiness. Those guys were cocky, which is why I enjoyed watching the Broncos beat the piss out of them in the Super Bowl. But uh, you know, but I wasn't hating on Cam Newton for his touchdown celebration because if you don't want him doing it, stop him from scoring. Period. So, but. You know, I I I'm a I I really do believe that if the Eagles don't go to the Super Bowl, the worst they will do this year is a return to the NFC uh, Championship game. I mean, right now I would pick the 49ers over the Eagles uh, in that. In fact, I I do believe that I picked that to be my NFC title game again. Only I w- would go with the 49ers actually winning at this time. Um, so I mean, I am taking the Eagles, but like I said, if if for whatever reason, if there is going to be a team that knocks the Eagles. Uh, down a peg uh, to going forward uh, this year, it's something tells me it would be the uh, Commanders. And that is my uh, six-point game. And that is our pick six for week number four. What do you say we go ahead and get this thing wrapped up once and for all and finish with our all-out blitz for the last ten games of week number four? All out blitz for week number four. We start in at or we start in Jacksonville, where the Falcons take on the Jaguars. Both teams or Atlanta two and one, Jacksonville one and two. The Jags went from fighting the world champs to the final minute to getting drubbed by the Texans at home. The Falcons, on the other hand, went from looking explosive and dangerous in the first two weeks to getting completely shut down by Detroit last week. Both teams have a lot to answer for. I'm going to go with the home team. Give me the Jaguars to win on Sunday. Cincinnati at Tennessee, two one and two teams. The Bengals did just enough to get their first win over the Rams on Monday night, but they have their defense to thank for it more so than their offense. The Titans got blasted by the Browns in Cleveland, were held to three points and less than 100 yards of total offense. I'm not loving that. Give me the uh, Bengals to beat the Titans on Sunday. Rams at the Colts. Rams one and two. Colts two and one. It's official. In order to win, the Rams need to be mistake free, uh, as turnovers have been their downfall the last two weeks uh, against the 49ers and the Bengals. Indy, on the other hand, may get Anthony Richards back, uh, Richardson back this week from his concussion, and they are actually favored to win. Yeah, why not? Let's go ahead and take the Colts over the Rams. Miami at Miami. Minnesota at Carolina, both 0-3. And after going 11-0 in one-score games last year, the Vikings are 0-3 in one-score games so far in 2023. And with or without Bryce Young, I don't think the Panthers' defense can stop the still-explosive Vikings offense. And I don't really love Andy Dalton being able to lead to help the offense score enough points to get past the Vikings. Give me the Vikings to get their first win on Sunday. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Houston. Uh, the Steelers 2-1. and one. The Texans 1-2. and two. The Steelers have been chugging along after their week one loss in San Francisco and looking good doing it. The Texans got their first win of the D'Amico Ryans era last week, and C.J. Stroud and Wills Anderson have been studs for them uh, so far. But they also got every break possible against the Jags last Sunday. Uh, I think their luck runs out against the Steelers on Sunday. Give me the Steelers. 
The Raiders at the Chargers, both teams one and two. The Raiders have struggled on offense, and the Chargers have struggled on defense and, uh, you know, struggled to stop anyone. So something's got to give in this AFC West matchup, but I'm going to go with the better quarterback on this one. Give me the Chargers over the Raiders. New England at Dallas. The Patriots 1-2, and two, the Cowboys 2-1. and one. A little early in the season for the Cowboys to start giving everyone reasons to doubt them with last week's loss to the Cardinals. But, uh, you know, I still like them uh, in this one. Can Belichick put together a game plan that will continue to trip up the Cowboys? Probably, but I just think the Cowboys are a little too loaded on that offensive side. Give me the Cowboys over the Patriots. <laughs> Arizona 1-2 at San Francisco 3-0. The Cardinals played a full 60-minute game after partial performances in Week 1-2 and where they had leads late in the game and gave them up. Um, But, uh, you know, and they came away with a win over the heavily favored Cowboys. No way lightning strikes twice. No way they take my 16 points from me twice. I'm going all in on the 49ers. That is my 16-point game. Don't let me down this time, guys. Kansas City at the Jets on Sunday Night Football. I bet NBC had a much better game in mind with the Mahomes-Rodgers matchup. They won't be getting that. And I'll just say this about this matchup between the Chiefs and the Jets. As long as the Jets keep trotting Zach Wilson out there, I'm picking against them. Give me the Chiefs on Sunday. And in Monday night, we got Seattle 2-1 and one against the Giants 1-2. and two. In 12 quarters of football thus far, the Giants have played poorly in 10 of them, which does not bode well with the Seahawks coming to town. The Seahawks have won two straight after one poor half of football, cost them their win against the Rams week one. The Giants are at home, but the Seahawks are playing better. Give me Geno Smith and the Hawks to win on Monday night. And there you have it, guys, the all-out blitz for week number four. And that is going to do it for the week four preview of the fourth phase. Come on back tomorrow when we will dedicate the show Bears and Broncos. And our good friend Lori Lattimore-Volkman from the Mile High Report for SB Nation will be joining us to preview Bears, Broncos, and uh you, uh, I recorded the uh, interview early this week. I recorded it on Tuesday afternoon, and uh, we basically spent the conversation uh, laughing at each other's teams, uh, consoling one another for what we're being subjected to, and uh, talking ahead to hopefully better times. And and each one of us trying to talk the other into uh, convincing, like she's trying to convince me how it is the Bears could win. I'm trying to convince her how the Broncos. It was an interesting conversation, guys. Tune in tomorrow to hear that along with uh, what what keys to the game I can scrape together, what would make sense to help the Bears win this game uh, on Sunday. So come on back uh, for that. And until then, my name is Larry D. This has been the fourth phase, and we will see you next time. <laughs>